now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor with Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give the whole Home Show team members a call. They'd love to hear from you. I'm your host here every week. I've been selling real estate in Greater Victoria for a long time. I'm a rare born and raised Victorian. I've helped hundreds of people in our fair city either find their home or sell their home. Proud to be ranked as one of the top REMAX agents in Western Canada. I would be pleased to help you as well. So if you need some help in real estate or a second opinion or just want to talk, give me a call. You can find me and the rest of the Whole Home Show members on the CFAX 1070 website, cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. The real estate market is hotter than ever, even under COVID-19 times. What is driving people to buy and sell? Who are the buyers and where are they coming from? Victoria isn't alone. The other two markets garnering the most press nowadays, as they usually do, are Toronto and Vancouver. What's happening in their respective markets? Today joining us will be Asif Khan from Toronto at Remax Prime Properties and Matt Kerr in Vancouver with Stillhaven Real Estate. They're both here to tell us what they're seeing in those two key Canadian markets. Very interesting stuff. We start our episode always with a listener story or question. And if you have one or a story to tell us, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call. The hotline number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Make sure to leave a message and leave your name and number, by the way, so we can call you back just in case. Or you can find us online, cfax1070.com. Tell us your story, and we'll discuss it on the air. Uh, this week, I want to talk about something that is coming up more frequently in today's marketplace, and that would be bidding wars and multiple offers. Can you believe that we're back at this point again? You know, it seems like it was a long time ago, 2015, 16, 17, where we were in that unprecedented market where everything was flying off the shelves, multiple offers left, right, and center. So you think about this for a moment. If you were a home buyer and you found your dream home and you wanted to buy it, it's not as easy as just writing an offer, negotiating a little bit, and then ending up having that home. What happens in a situation like this is you would have to compete with more than one other person. Sometimes it's two people, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's 20. We've heard big, big numbers where you have to fight for the house. And you're going in blind, by the way, because you don't get to know what, other, what the other people are offering. And it's not just the price. Not only is the price something that tends to go up during multiple offers, but some of your competitors might decide that they don't need to have a building inspection that they don't need to get uh, confirmation on mortgage financing, 
definitely that they don't need to sell their house because that's one thing that you would be gravely mistaken to include in a multiple offer situation. And that is subject to the sale of your home. I'm going to get back to that in just a moment here. So again, you're going to be fighting for a whole bunch of people. There is a process. There are rules of engagement as far as handling multiple offers in the real estate industry, but you don't know. It's hanging by pins and needles for a number of hours wondering, am I going to get the house? Am I going to get the house? And oftentimes it is heartbreaking when you find that somebody else one. Now, you know, the concession, the, the thing that usually is comforting, if I could use the word comforting, is usually the person that beat you beat you by paying a whole bunch more money. And it's easy for us to sit back and say, well, you know what? I don't think I would have paid that money anyway, so that's okay. Let them have it. But then you keep going uh, and you keep making offers. And we've heard people, we've had people write 12, 15 offers on 15 different properties keeping on trying until such time as it finally happens. Again, like I said at the very beginning of this conversation here, it's amazing to consider the fact that we're even back here because it was not that long ago. It was three years ago where we had everything selling during multiple offers. You guys all know I've been selling real estate for 29 years, almost 30 years now. I've got to tell you, there are typically spans of time where we don't even see a multiple offer. I, I'm thinking off the top of my head right now, I'm pretty sure I did not see a bidding war for 12 years. 12 years! And then here we are right now in this, uh, in this atmosphere where they are becoming more common. Now, do you see multiple offers on every property? If you're a seller listening to our, our show right now, are you wondering, hey, how come I'm not getting multiple offers on my home? It's been on the market for a while. Well, I've mentioned this before on this program. Multiple offers almost always happen when a property is brand new to market. That's the first thing. You don't see multiple offers often in something that's been sitting around for three months, six months, 12 months. You do sometimes, but it's very rare, right? Secondly, they happen on properties that are either priced to market. So in other words, correctly priced. That's when the agent has said, hey, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, you know, doing all this research, I figure your house is an $800,000 house. You list it at $799. You don't list it at seven, or sorry, $850, or you don't list it at $875, hoping to get $800. You see, when you add that extra cushion into your price, that reduces your possibility of getting multiple offers. When you price to market, when you go with that $799 on an $800,000 house, it's when it's brand new much higher chance you'll get a multiple offer. Some people go the other way too. They might list at 775 or 750, at which point you get this feeding frenzy. Um, it's a little sad too, by the way, because then you'll get people who can only afford 750 all of a sudden thinking they might be able to buy this $800,000 house for 750, even though that was never the intent during the uh, pricing process and wanting to get multiple offers. So, uh, again, multiple offers, that's when they tend to happen. Now, a question that comes up a, a lot is, is there a way, is there a formula? Is there a way to ensure that you're going to be the winner of a multiple offer situation? Um, well, I'll be painfully honest with you. It is a variable that nobody has control over. So to say that there is a formula um, is kind of wishful thinking at best. Now, I will tell you that there is something that we do and we compare the 
true value, not the list value, but the true value of the property compared to what it eventually sells for. And then look at the number of offers that occurred at that house. It requires a fair amount of research. Sometimes we could come up with a per offer value that will help a buyer sort of determine where they should be when they make their offer. So, you know, that is something uh, to consider. Um, the other thing too, uh, as I referred to a moment ago here too, it's not just the price. Oftentimes it is the conditions or lack thereof. You see, a seller will often take a lower price. Again, using this example of the 799 house, let's just say they had a whole bunch of offers. One of the offers was $870,000 and another one was $850,000, except the 850 had no condition, was a completely unconditional, not subject to financing, not subject to building inspection, not subject to anything. Very often the seller will say, you know what? It's worth it. The surety to know that the sale is done instead of me holding out for that extra 20 grand, but not knowing for the seven or 10 days is going to take for that buyer to get a building inspection. What happens if they find something? What happens if, you know, um, we end up renegotiating or it collapses? Will that 850 party be there in 10 or 14 days? And the answer there is often not. It's a very risky proposition. So there's a lot to know about bidding wars and multiple offers. This is one of those areas where if you are in the real estate market, it is best for you to connect with a realtor who has a lot of experience with this because this is most definitely a discipline that requires experience, having gone through situations and won or lost before. Uh, use a realtor's experience to help you with your success in buying or selling real estate. Uh, if you have a story again to tell us or share with us, call us 250-414-6540, 250-414-6540. By the way, if you're a podcast listener, find us on iTunes or Google Play. It's the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Uh, and we're also recording all of our episodes right now uh, during Zoom. So find us on Facebook or YouTube. Just look up the Prime team. We need to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to be chatting about real estate in Toronto and Vancouver and how it compares to us here in Victoria back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking about what's going on out there in the real estate world under coronavirus times. And in particular, I wanted to chat with my friends in other marketplaces because, of course, as much as Victoria is a really interesting place to be, a lot of influence happens from around us, not the least of which are our metropolitan cities like Toronto, but also, of course, our neighboring town of Vancouver. And with me right now is a returning guest, uh, Matt Kerr. Uh, Matt is in Vancouver. Matt, thanks for uh, coming and, and joining us again. Oh, well, it's always nice to visit my hometown of Victoria. Exactly. It's, not, it's via Zoom, yes. Yes, yes. Well, you're not that far anyways. You're just, you're just across the water. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How's it going? So what's going on in Vancouver? What do you see in, right now? Well, I may be echoing a lot of the same things that happened in Victoria, but it was a very, of course, very scary and interesting time when we're looking at the, uh, what happened when they started to lock down the city. Yeah. Um, and we did see a complete fruit. Well, the media portrayed it as a complete freeze in the market, but it was, you know, a, a pretty significant decrease in the amount of transactions, but things were still rolling. We saw a 55% decrease in the amount of transactions when we, from basically from March into April. So 
which oddly enough for me and my team, and uh, we still had a very pretty strong month all in all. Um, but what we heard was, uh, you know, on the ground, it would, it was just tougher to get transactions done and getting people in and out of homes. Well, it's because at the time, everyone was kind of like, what's going on? And of mm -hmm. course, safety measures and being worried about, you know, uh, introducing strangers into a house and, you know, health and safety and all that stuff. Yeah, um, which is still obviously going to be there. And I think it's there for the, you know, foreseeable future. Yeah, because we've changed a, a lot of the ways we're doing business day to day, yeah. right? Yeah, we did. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody's doing this, but, um, you know, with the 3D and the Matterport videos, um, that just became part of our DNA in our, in our business and our whole brokerage just started jumping on that. So by the time somebody wants to look at a house, uh, you know, in person, they've seen the photos, floor plan, video and the Matterport video. They have a really good idea of what they're coming to look at. Okay. So, so a big question that people have is it is thought that uh, Vancouver, the Vancouver market, was have has been heavily influenced by foreign buyers and foreign investors. Now the border's closed, so we don't have you know people migrating up or into into the country, uh, and we're sort of back. Like Vancouver had another strong month in the month of June, right? So the question then is, who the heck is buying? Well, it's, it's people who live here. You know, they're like Vancouver. Vancouver has um, it's a it's a got all the same economic fundamentals as some of the major cities, uh, you know, around North America. You know, we have a lot of very uh, millennials, for, for example, they, uh, and a lot of people in the tech sector make, you know, pretty good money. And, and there's two of them and without kids. Um, yeah. It's, it just seems like the locals are uh, wherever their money is coming from. It's, you know, really tough as one realtor to say exactly where every dollar is coming from, but it yeah. just seems like it, you know, the, the, the foreign buyer market was a part of the market, but it wasn't the whole market. Yeah. You know, but you see, but, but again, I mean, there's, there's been this belief that, Oh, you know, of course the government put in some measures to stop foreign buyers to help affordability. It's really done nothing because things aren't any more affordable in the five regions like Vancouver. Right. Yeah. And, and if you look at it, you know, um, from June 2019 to June 2020, we have a 64 percent increase in transactions just, you know, last month, yeah. and compared to when you know before coronavirus was even on the radar, yeah. before anything else was other market influences were even there, and we have more. We're doing more transactions now. You know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. I I wish I had a better explanation for it to be honest, but it just seems like my me and my team and my brokerage and where we work and we we're, we don't um, like pretty much our whole clientele, my whole database and people I work with are people from Canada, British Columbia. Most, most if not all of my database live here in the lower mainland. Okay. So, so something that we are seeing in Victoria, but, but it is no surprise in Victoria because it's always, it's always been this way. You're from here. So you, you, you hmm. get a sense of it as well too. But um, we are now seeing a fair amount of Toronto. We've got, We've had mm -hmm. Toronto, Ottawa, Lower Mainland folk deciding that now is the time to relocate onto the island. Yeah, you know, to be quite frank, actually, over the last, I and mean, you know this, if anybody knows this, Tony Joe knows this, yeah. is because my, I have quite a few people who have sold here and they've moved to the island. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, because they've just decided they've had enough of the city or whatever it is, the real estate prices, uh, work, busy, hustle, concrete, you name it. Yeah. And you go to, Van, you know, to Victoria, Vancouver Island, and you have a nice, calmer, People drive slower. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really appreciate um, the island uh, being from the island. 
Yeah. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of good so things. so then, but it, but it brings up the question: If these people are selling in Vancouver and then moving to the island, it doesn't create a vacuum. So it's not like you know, their the property they sold didn't sell. Somebody bought it, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. but what you're saying is, uh, as it normally happens, the majority of sales are happening from within. Yeah. The tent within the city, right? Yeah. Generally, the people who live here in the Lower Mainland are are uh, right, like right now, or even during Corona. Like for example. You know, we had a lot of uh, subject to sale deals that went through, um, which before we couldn't do that. Yeah. You know, and uh, we did a couple, which was. A and, and, the, and the reason why you say that is because the house maybe wouldn't sell. So therefore the sale wouldn't happen. Right. That's right. Or you have it. Uh, they can't. Yeah. They can't get into the house that they want because it's multiple offers and they cannot have a subject to selling their current residence. Yeah. So. We were managed to get a few uh, through of those, which was really nice because now in this, you know, here we are now this day in July, like there's no way we could do that now. Yeah. You know, and uh, that just won't happen. Like, uh, because no seller is going to look at a subject to sale often. Because it got hot all of a sudden. So it went, it went from that yeah. prior. Actually, that's a good point. It's a good point. We had a pivot in the marketplace that happened quicker than it normally happened. Yeah. Right. My, this is a thing that we're, we're, we're talking a lot, of course, to our database and our people. It seems like now, and, and I say this with caution though, because we don't know what's going to happen in the near future, but if you're a buyer and you're looking to get in the market, you have a window right now because it seems like it's going in the lower mainland, the mortgage brokers are doing um, a lot of pre-approvals and they're getting ready and they're getting a lot of buyers ready. So there's this elusive wave, unmeasured volume of buyers that haven't like jumped in the market yet. Yeah. And so if you can get in the market here in lower mainland, get your piece of property because um, a lot of people are saying we're going to be on a bit of a, a long run yeah. of upward pressure on values. So yeah. get your home, whatever it is, get an investment property and get your toe in the water because maybe in a year from now or two years from now, you, it might be completely different landscape in terms of being much, much hotter. It all depends on how we handle what happens with this, especially this virus and how, how it affects us economically. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm with you with, um, with this, our mortgage broker, a sponsor of our program here, Denise, <laughs> she's been telling me she's been doing um, more pre-approvals than she normally does. Mm -hmm. So, so you're right. I mean, there's people who are, who are preparing, they're getting ready and we haven't even seen those guys yet because yeah. they will soon enter the market. And we've seen, you know, if you, if you price and if you're a seller, if you have, you know, here in Vancouver and you're considering selling, you have to be priced quite sharply to attract that volume of buyers. You know, you have to, you have to flirt with it a little bit. Like for example, we dug from my team, he put up a property on the market and he listed it at 420, a little, little great little investment property. And he thought, okay, this seems to be really well priced. And boy, was he right because we got 24 offers and it sold considerably over asking. But wow. he, he had, and that's just, that was a week and a half, two weeks ago. Yeah. So he, um, you know, he, he played the game right to it to, to get the buyers into the property, you know, and, yeah. and that, that property did had everything you needed, you know, it, had, it showed well, we, we had really good marketing behind it. It was easy to access and had the right price. So therefore it's going to be a successful sale. There's no question. Even in Vancouver marketplace, even, even in with all the fear that's going on out there. Amazing. Amazing. Um, well, listen, we need to take a, a quick uh, commercial break here uh, in a moment. Matt Kerr is with the uh, still Haven uh, real estate in Vancouver. Uh, people need to reach you, Matt, best way to do that. 
Yeah, uh, well, probably through our website. Uh, TeamCur.ca is my website directly to my team or stillhaven.com, S-T-I-L-H-A-V-N.com. Yeah, and you are one of the uh, principals at uh, Stillhaven Vancouver yeah. as well, right? Yeah. yeah fantastic. Oh, fantastic. <clears throat> good, good, good. Well, listen, um, uh, stay right there. Like I said, need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be picking up our conversation uh, talking about real estate in Vancouver during a coronavirus time. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Thanks for coming back. You are listening to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. If you need help in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They love to hear from you. As a reminder, you can find their contact information by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there. If you're a podcast listener, you can listen to and download all of our podcasts. We're at 166 now uh, over the years, the past four years. Just find us on iTunes or Google Play. Look for The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. Uh, and also, too, during coronavirus time, we are recording via Zoom and we are uh, videoing as well. So if you want to watch these episodes, including with our guests today, find us on our Facebook page or on YouTube at the Prime Real Estate team. Before the break, we were chatting about what's going on uh, in real estate in Vancouver, right next to us. And we're here with Matt Kerr, uh, who's an agent and one of the principals of Still Haven uh, Real Estate in Vancouver. Again, uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, okay. So just a recap for those maybe who are just joining us right now uh, after the break. Uh, we were talking about the fact that Vancouver is as busy now as ever. You had a property that had 24 offers on it just a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've established that the majority of the sales that are happening right now in your marketplace are people from within Vancouver or the lower mainland. So we're not seeing uh, the, the foreign buyers or the Americans or whatever. Um, a question that has come up recently, though, is have, have you or your team felt any influence by uh, Hong Kong? Because, you know, that's a whole kind of hot spot right now. Are you, are you in, seeing anything? In Hong Kong, I have not. Okay. Because um, the conjecture is, you know, what's yeah. happening over there with, uh, you know, the, the China-Hong Kong situation is a lot of Hong Kong is thinking about eyes back to Vancouver. And, yeah. And if anything, it might be uh, people that are dual citizens and were here before 1997, right? Yeah, I, I, I suspect that that's what it will be. Yeah. Um, it's uh, now I'm relatively uneducated on um, the like out of the amount of buyers that out of the transactions that happened, how many of them actually came in from Hong Kong. So that's now I had a house on the west side that was listed, mm -hmm. and the and I had a tremendous and I did it was on the market only for three weeks, just over four million dollars, and it was in a really great school catchment. So it, was, it would probably uh, it attracted a lot of people looking to get in the school catchments, mm -hmm. and. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I maybe had a few that were considering it, but um, it ended up selling to a lovely uh, couple from who one. Locally, right? Yeah, they're from the locals. They they actually lived like four blocks away. Yeah, you know, and they bought. They sold their house and. Bought so it can it can be said that the market is being driven by the the locals. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I and it, it was, you know, I and it's not a. It's definitely at risk of making a political political statement, which is not meant to be. That's for sure. It's just that they 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 grabbed a number of what they thought the transactions were or could be from the foreign buyer, and out, out it went. And they used that to drive through some of the foreign buyer tax. Now I don't have. I'm not supplying an opinion of on, yeah. on buyer tax or anything like that. I have no issue with it at all for it or against it. But to get it through, that's what they they kind of they made it very fearful yeah. in the market, but it, it didn't really affect the market. It actually put everybody on hold. All the locals were like, Oh my God, okay, this is going to be a thing. It's going to flood the market with, uh, with properties in which it didn't. Yeah. But it, but it also has not made real estate cheaper. No, no, agreed. No, because where are you at right now with the uh, average sale price in Vancouver? Oh, like on the West side houses right now, the average sale price on the West side. So West side is, you know, of course the more expensive homes, Last month it was three point one seven four. The average, yeah, average sale price one. Uh, so in uh, that was a uh, actually sorry that was in May. That yep. was in May. Yeah. So that gives you a, sort of an idea. Um, so it's it's definitely like that's just the West Side homes, and obviously on the East Side homes is going to be a little different, and on North End. But it's going it's been going like through Corona the last few months it's been fairly stable. But uh, now we've seen the average sale price pop up. Yeah. See, and th this is another thing that 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 you know m maybe brings us to this conversation because again, the easy answer has always been, oh, you know, foreign money coming in from out of town, falling into Vancouver. But it that completely forgets about the point that people enjoy appreciation of property over time. Maybe that person that bought that four million dollar home is a local and. Mm -hmm. Their property has gone up, you know, maybe they had a 3 million that turned into a 3.2 and they're upgrading now to that $4 million property. So it's all from within, mm -hmm. it's, it's staying within the marketplace, right? It, it, the majority of it is, yeah. yeah. I, I'm definitely not saying there's no foreign buying transactions going, I'm not saying that necessarily, but the, the bulk of the real estate transactions is coming within the, uh, the, the local drivers of the economy. Yeah. So just uh, really quickly, I just grabbed the June. It's actually 3.13. It was the average sale price of a detached home on the west side of Vancouver. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Hey, by the way, did you know that the average single family in Victoria uh, last month hit a million bucks? Really? Yeah. A million fifteen uh, seven forty six. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But mind you, uh, I've, I've mentioned it already uh, on this program. It's because we had... Uh, 26 sales over $2 million, whereas at the same time last June, it was only 12. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah, now, so that, that average gets skewed, right? Is that it, including apartments and townhouses? It is not, no. Okay. See, like it, we're roughly on the west side because I live in an apartment yep. uh, in, uh, in Fairview Slopes, which is right near Granville Island, and the average sale, sale price last month was $840,000 for, for a temp property, like an attached property on the west side. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, what's the outlook? So, how are you feeling about what's going to happen in Vancouver in uh, in coming months? Oh, good question. Um, we we discuss this all the time. Right now, I don't see this slowing down until we know what's happening with the second wave. We mm -hmm. see the second wave coming in. It'll probably uh, cool things off a little bit. Uh, in and in and around Vancouver, uh, every market, like most of the markets, are in are in a balanced market where there's equal pressure between the buyers and sellers right now, um, um, which is pretty good. But we we've seen a couple of crazy things that have happened. We've seen an increase in the transactions. We've seen a decrease in the number of days on the market. We've seen an increase in average sale price, and we haven't seen the inventory follow those that demand. 
So mm -hmm. with all those things in place, we'll probably see the prices uh, slowly over a sustained period, slowly get pushed up, assuming nothing changes. Now, if we have a second wave that comes in and if it's, if it's, um, if it's uh, as impactful as it was, then we might see that change. Uh, but right now, it, with uh, with everything that's going on, I I, I assume everything is just going to keep on plugging along. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know about you. I, I just I, I remain shocked. I remain shocked that under this global pandemic, uh, our real estate markets have continued doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, and I am as well. Actually, to be quite yeah, to be quite frank, I'm I'm very surprised. We're very fortunate to live in in British Columbia very fortunate to live in Canada, you know, uh, considering what's going on around the world. And I think people recognize that. And, and Vancouver is a hyper-local market with international um, drivers in it, mm -hmm. it feels like. So the people who live here, they, they, they benefit from those, you know, from jobs like Facebook being here, Microsoft being here, uh, Hootsuite, a little lemon, and the list goes on. Um, yeah, then I think you... It, you you have this local market that's sort of uh, immune from the uh, from the rest of it, you know, from the rest of uh, what what is going on in the in the rest of the world. Well, and, and the reminder is we we don't really build anything on the west. We don't create anything. We don't we're not a industrial uh, town that can be affected by you know the markets of of things. We we are very much a tech uh, yeah. a, a tech area tech region, right? Yeah, totally. And we and we also have uh, some major, um, like like the island, for example. You know, you're just going to run into ocean. Vancouver's got a little bit of that, as well as agricultural land reserve, as well as mountains. So there's only so much land. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, especially South Island for where you're in, in Victoria. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a it's a it's a good spot to be. Oh my goodness. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us, Matt. Uh, again, if if people need to reach you to talk about Vancouver, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, through our website is teamker.ca. Um, it's K-E-R-R, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, dot .ca and then, uh, or Stillhaven Real Estate Services, or sorry, just stillhaven.com, S-T-I-L-H-A-V-N.com. Yeah, S-T-I-L-H-A-V-N. Yeah, we do know how to spell. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's German, right? It's, it's, actually, like, it's actually Danish. It's Danish. usually uh, translates to like calm water or calm harbor. Uh, amazing, really. amazing, amazing. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us because you know what? Dispelling myths about what's happening in Vancouver is like one of the epicenters of Canadian real estate. And uh, there, there we have it coming from the mouth of somebody who's deep into Vancouver real estate and a busy agent. Um, most of the market's being driven by local buyers. There we go. Right? That's right. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you soon. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation about real estate in coronavirus times in different marketplaces, notably our two metropolitan cities, and that would be Vancouver. We just had Matt Kerr from Stillhaven Real Estate talking with us about what's happening next door to us. And right now we have with us on the line Asif Khan. He is in the Toronto area. Uh, he is an agent and broker owner of Remax Prime Properties. Uh, Asif, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, again, of course, you're another regular guest. We've had you on before. You've got your own radio show as well, too. And before I forget, let's tell our listeners uh, uh, about your show and when it's on. That's awesome. Thank you. We're on uh, Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Toronto time, so 8 a.m. your time. Yep. And uh, you can get us online at 1059theregion.com. 
You click listen live and our archives are on there as well under on the market. Fantastic. Well, and I've, I've been a guest on your show. It's nice talking about Victoria real estate over there. For sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, very interesting time. We've looked at the numbers. We've talked numbers uh, about Victoria and Vancouver recently. What's going on in Toronto in the GTA? And first of all, uh, the population is I think six and a half million in the GTA right now, right? Yeah, that's right. And yeah. you know what? I mean, we um, we experienced a really hot market to start off 2020. So from January to March, we were houses were just flying off the shelves, average price was climbing, and then we were hit by COVID. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we saw a huge decline in April and even more so in May. Okay. We're looking at active inventory and, and we were looking at you know home prices. They were pretty stable. Even through the COVID period, home prices went up about 1%, which was surprising to a lot, but sales were down 60 to 70%. From the year prior. Yeah. From the year prior. And what we saw in June was it was like someone flicked the switch. So we went from the COVID pause to full speed ahead overnight. Yeah. And June was almost the same as June 2019, which shocked everyone. The Toronto real estate market was down 1.4% June over June. So 2020 over 2019. And uh, oh, so sorry. So you went from, you went from what, 56% below to all of a sudden 1% almost on par. Almost on par, yeah. Wow. So we sold, uh, last month in the Toronto market, we sold 8,701 homes. Okay. And typically in June, we would be around 8,800. So it was surprising. It was a, a welcome change. And it just showed the resilience of the Toronto market. Okay. So, so a big question then is, and I spoke about this with Matt just now, um, where are... Because when somebody sells, when a house sells, there had to be a buyer. And where is that buyer coming from? What we're seeing is we had a lot of pent-up demand from local buyers. Okay. And all they were doing was sitting on the fence. And traditionally, in the north part of the GTA, where I'm from, uh, York Region, we have uh, a lot of foreign buyers coming in, foreign yep. investors purchasing properties. Yeah, so Markham, buy. for instance, is a great example of, yeah. you know, Markham, Richmond in, in Vancouver, yeah. right? Exactly. And that hasn't changed. I mean, we're starting to get them back again. And even though the borders are closed right now, we are starting to see some money flow through and people buying just because of the uncertainty back home for them. Uh, they want stability and they want their kids to go to school here. And that's been a driving force for York region is the quality of our schools has have attracted a lot of foreign buyers. And so that is definitely feeling the market we have a lot of move up buyers. A lot of people that used to live downtown in condos have realized over the COVID pause that they need more room. They, their family needs a backyard. They want to be by the water. And if you look at what's happening in the Toronto court, a lot of people are leaving their condos and putting up them for sale and moving to a detached home up in the suburbs. And that's yeah. been doing it. I've heard about that actually. So I've, I've heard about like Hamilton, Barrie, all of those uh, outlying areas. Things are, uh, it's the ripple effect of, of people selling in Toronto and then moving outwards, right? It really is. And if you look at our average price, it's up 12%. Wow. From the start of the year. And a big reason, Tony, is the shift in the mix. We used to sell a lot of condos and now we're selling a lot of detached homes. Okay. And once you factor that in, 
the average price of a condo in York region is about $520,000, The average price of a detached home here is $1.2 million. Hmm. And we're starting to see more detached homes sell. So that stat, the average price is a little bit skewed because the mix has shifted. It's not the same mix. Yeah, because you've got the combined uh, average. It's, it's everything, right? That's right, yes. Yeah, okay, okay. Very interesting. So um, again, this seems to be a common theme, and that is what self-isolation and sheltering in place has done is it's caused people to really rethink their lifestyle choice as far as housing, right? It really has. And I'm not sure what's happening in BC, but I think the market that's going to get hit the hardest here is the commercial sector. Yeah. Because a lot of companies are realizing they do not need that much space because employees are working from home. Yeah. And, and with the employees working from home, they're, the employees are realizing they need more space. We've had a number of people come to us and say, you know, as part of their needs and wants for their next home, they want an office. They want a home office. And they want it with a door so that if their kids are home, because we don't know, you guys have gone back to school. Our schools are still closed and we are not sure if we'll even go back in September. Interesting. Yeah. And that's, and it's extra hard if you're living in a condo where you've got a bedroom yourself, you got bedroom for the kids. And if your workspace is like out in the open, like in the the living area or something like that, all of a sudden you're in close confines, that's going to make life pretty tough. And, and the challenge with the condos also has been all the amenities within the condo are closed. Yeah. So the, if you have kids and you're living in a condo, you're confined to 900, 800 square feet. And that's why these uh, you know, new buyers have come from. They're, they're upsizing into a home with a yard where their kids can go out or you know, near parks. And it, it's been a huge transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about the top end of the market? So the expensive houses in the GTA, what's, uh, what's happening there? Again, they were pretty quiet throughout 2017, 2018, but they've really made a resurgence. So the yeah. top end has started to sell. And again, it's a lot of families thinking, hey, I need to move in with mom and dad. You know, I haven't seen them for four or five months. If we ever go through something like this, I want them closer. Or just the fact that... Oh, oh, they- oh so, you, so you mean like getting a bigger house so that mom and dad can be in it? Yeah, multifamily. Oh, okay. And also, we're, we're looking at people not being able to afford these luxury homes or larger homes on their own. So the bank of mom and dad is coming in handy because mom and dad are selling their home. Uh, you know, son or daughter are selling their condo or their townhouse, and they're moving in together, pooling their money, moving in together. And now mom and dad can take care of the kids while, you know, son or daughter has to work. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's a reminder, you know, there, there's an age old uh, 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 presumption that people buy up 50%, right? So if they're selling their $2 million house, then they're buying a $3 million house. That's right. Right. And, and, and that is, that's generally kind of what the pattern is. And, and from what I hear, that's what you're saying is kind of happening uh, in the marketplace there, right? Yeah. So we, we've got, you know, we've got the segment of the market that's upsizing. We've got the segment of the market that's downsizing. And then some of them are getting together and they're smart sizing. So, you know, we've got, uh, we've got three different things happening. And at the same time, we've got our foreign buyers still coming in as well. Interesting. Um, are you seeing often uh, people buying via FaceTime, Skype, Zoom without even physically going into a property? We sold a few of those properties over the COVID period because we weren't physically able to go out and and see these properties. But it's a lot easier to buy a condo that way than a house. And I didn't hear a lot of stories about people buying houses like that, but condos, 
because in a condo building, you know, there's only four or five different floor plans. You've seen it and you can go in and check it out. Uh, you know, and put a condition on for 24 hours to go and see it. But with a home, there's so many more variables with the home inspection, the roof, the furnace, is it leaking? Yeah. It's a lot harder to purchase a home that way. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Interesting. And, and how do you, what do you feel about, what do you feel about, uh, what does the future hold? Like, what do you think is going to happen in the Toronto real estate market in it's, the near future? It continue to be strong and, and there's, you know, multifaceted reasons for that. The, you know, the one thing is Tony, during the COVID period here, construction was put on hold. So yeah. if, if it wasn't already in progress, it was put on hold and we depend on new housing starts to build our inventory, to, to have our supply. And what ends up happening is say a condo project is delayed for a year or so, that's a year that we're not gonna get that extra inventory. And right now, although our inventory is up, our new listings are up 2%, our active inventory is down about 30%. So we have a, a huge supply problem, which is gonna be complicated by the new housing starts being delayed. And this is gonna, you know, we won't be able to even this out until all of these new housing starts get going. And, you know, we're looking at maybe two years until we start to catch up. And the demand remains so strong that our inventory, unless we do something, something to address the supply, the prices are going to continue to go up. And I, so I, I find this really interesting because, you know, of course, here we are stuck in our little, you know, our little corner of the country. And, you know, we're, we're watching what's going on in Ontario. I remember when the premier told uh, tenants, you know, if you can't pay rent, don't pay rent. And, you know, kind of makes you wonder about, you know, um, how are people doing over there and, and um, uh, you know, with social distancing and all that kind of stuff. But it, it appears that the market is still trucking, trucking along here. Like things are good in GTA. It is. And it was, again, it was very different than any other slowdown that we faced before. Uh, because this was more of a pause and you know the government was handing out money to everyone so people were still making some money it wasn't like a, a recession where people lost their jobs permanently and things like that so you know it was a very different vibe and people knew that when this is over when we interface to then things are going to get back to somewhat of a normal and that's what we're seeing we're seeing the consumer confidence is at a high right now which is very surprising wow with all the negative reports that were out but you talk to buyers and sellers, they're anxious, they're ready to go, and they are paying that, you know, our, I think we're selling at 105 to 110% of list in most markets. See, because that's multiple offers, that's bidding wars, that's an example of high demand, low inventory, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, my goodness. Always really interesting to hear about what's going on in, in other places uh, in the country here. Um, I remind people often that as far as prices are concerned, uh, it's Vancouver, Toronto, Victoria. We're third most expensive in the country. Uh, still a lot cheaper than both of the other two marketplaces, but um, you don't get expensive without being in demand, right? That's right. And, you know, this is where people are flocking to. This is where the jobs are. And yeah. that's what's going to continue to drive our market. And, you know, unless, again, it's a supply and demand equation, simple economics, until we get more supply, we're going to be faced with increasing prices. Fantastic. Well, uh, Asif, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Asif Khan, um, host of the, um, on the market on the market. Yeah. Uh, also a uh, broker owner at Remax prime properties uh, in Markham and you just opened a new uh, office. Where's the other branch? 
It's in Mount Albert. So it's in the north part of York region. Great little office right in the heart of Mount Albert. Cute yeah. little street there. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to having you here when you can, and uh, we'll go take a look. I'll be there once everything has been relaxed. Uh, great catching up with you. Uh, if people need to reach you, best way is? They can uh, email me at asif, A-S-I-F, at thehomeshop.ca. Thehomeshop.ca. Thank you, Asif. And uh, thank you, <laughs> listeners, for following us this week. Uh, as always, we'll be here for you this time next week. <laughs>